Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about the things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. This week, we're talking about the new HBO series, The Gilded Age, the Netflix film, Tick, Tick, Boom, and the Apple Plus series, The Morning Show. Woohoo! Yay! I think we're going to get started with The Gilded Age, because we're going to switch things up a bit. And <laughs> we're both we're both enjoying this, aren't we? Yes, yes. I'm fully caught up with where it is currently, which is, I think, episode two. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a at least nine episode season, maybe more. I'm not sure. Okay. And it's dropping weekly, which is real frustrating, I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. I agree. I, you know what? <laughs> Streaming was so good a couple years ago, and now there are too many channels, and they they're back to dropping weekly episodes instead of binging stuff and i'm just like no (laughs) we reinvented cable and i don't like it (laughs) yeah yeah this is on hbo so i think that's why it's dropping weekly like it's on regular hbo we're we're, i'm watching it on hbo max but yeah yeah it's like (laughs) Uh. and it's it airs on monday nights which got everyone confused because they usually air their stuff on sundays yeah But the first episode came out on January 24th, which was Edith Wharton's birthday. And I don't know if that was a coincidence or not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe? I don't know. know. (laughs) Why don't you give us the basic premise? Yes. So the basic premise, I would say the main character, well, not the main character, but kind of our, our entryway into the story is Marion, played by Louisa Jacobson. And she is sort of a poorish relation from Pennsylvania. And her dad dies, I think. Mm -hmm. And she comes to live with her two aunts, Agnes Van Ryn, played by Christine Baranski, the wonderful Christine Baranski, and Ada Brooke, played by Cynthia Nixon. They are her dad's sisters, and they had a falling out with her dad. A while ago, because I think he, it was something to do with money. He didn't take care of the family. And Agnes was sort of forced to marry Mr. Van Ryn in order to take care of herself and her sister Ada. So Marion comes to the city. She's kind of a newbie and doesn't really understand the rules of society. And she, along the way, she befriends Peggy Scott, played by Danae Benton. And she, I really like her character and their interactions together. Peggy wants to be a writer and she becomes Agnes's secretary very quickly. Um, So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But I guess the main impetus is that Agnes Van Ryn lives, I don't remember which street it is, but it's very posh New York street. And right across the street, the Russells, who are new money are building a, a house. Mm-hmm. So George Russell is played by Morgan Spector. Carrie Coon, I think, right? Carrie Coon, yeah. I can't find her. <laughs> she plays Bertha Russell, his wife. Thank you. Yeah. And he's like a robber baron. He does like railroad stuff. Mm-hmm. And we should preface this set. This is set in 1882. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. And, and it's created by Julian Fellows, who is best known as the creator 
of Downton Abbey. So this is kind of the American prequel. I don't know. I don't know if it's technically set in the same. Like I don't know if we would ever mention like ancestors of the Downton Abbey characters that set a little bit later in the early 1900s up till like 1930 or so. But like I keep waiting to hear about the mom character on Downton Abbey because she was an American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she was also very new money. And I feel like she was probably one of these people similar to the Russell's daughter, Gladys, like maybe that's sort of a analog to Lady Grantham on Downton Abbey. So I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's definitely room for that to happen. So we'll have to see mm-hmm. if if it does. I'm not sure what the plans are. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would just be funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they've got two kids, Larry Russell, played by Harry Richardson, and Gladys Russell, played by Thaisa Farmiga. They're very interesting. Uh, so basically, their whole family is has to navigate New York society and the Gilded Age, and they are too new money to matter to to the old money crowd, consisting of Van Ryn and, and all her friends. Mm-hmm. So it's a very delicate dance that they're trying to do. And then Agnes has a son named Oscar Van Ryan, played by Blake Ritson. And yeah, I don't know. There are some other characters. It's basically just about society and we're going to find out what happens. It's only, we're only two episodes into it. So yeah, I want to mention my favorite character. The real MVP of this show (laughs) is Ada's dog, Pumpkin, (laughs) who is a little King Charles Cavalier spaniel and helps Marion and Larry have a little meet cute in the street. The first the first meet cute in Manhattan is courtesy of Pumpkin rushing out into carriage traffic and almost getting himself squished and uh Larry rescuing him and giving him back to Marion was mm-hmm. just precious. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's got that same Downton Abbey mix of like social satire and drama and like almost comedy and soap opera-ness and people having secrets like there's Peggy's Peggy goes to see her mom at one point I think in episode two who is played by the amazing Audra McDonald Mm -hmm. who like Christine Bransky is also on The Good Fight and there was some mysterious like I don't know there's some kind of family thing where Peggy doesn't want to go home yeah and there's like mysterious reasons for that yeah, so I'm I'm kind of like invested in figuring out what that is. Yes. And then Oscar is probably gay, which is also kind of interesting, even though he seems like he wants to chat up Gladys. So that's interesting. And Bertha is out to get into society. Like she is bent on it. She is a real housewife before that was a thing. <laughs> like she wants to break into polite society and they keep shutting doors to her and she is angry and determined and is going to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that makes her likable or not, (laughs) but it's frustrating to see people be arbitrary about these polite society, social rules that seem pretty dumb. So yes. Yeah. So I had similar thoughts. I spent a lot of the first episode trying to figure out if I liked it because um, because of that stuff, which is very weird because I love Edith Wharton and she was not really active as a writer in this time or very active, but uh, this is when a lot of her stuff was set. So I 
really like all of her books. And then I'm just like, wait, why am I not super connecting with this? And I think it is, yeah, because a lot of the rules do seem very arbitrary. But I was chatting with my friend Erin, and she pointed out that, like, because the men kind of rule the railroads and business and all of that stuff, the women are kind of just not settling, but they're taking power where they can, which happens to be in, like, ballrooms and dining rooms and stuff. Yeah. So they have set up this this whole society where they have rules and you can't break the rules and stuff. And that's their way of, of hanging on to power. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how Bertha copes with all of that. And also I think they're setting up a very generational thing because the older generation, the moms and aunts, they're all like super into society and all the rules and the kids are just like wait why can't we talk (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i do think there's going to be some sort of push from the new generation to at least reevaluate the rules if not uh get rid of them altogether so i think that'll be interesting yeah i mean like the russells too even though their kids are grown they're a little bit younger than like the van rines and and the morrises and stuff mm-hmm. and like not by a ton like probably about a decade or so but even that makes a little bit of a difference so yeah this is generational it's social mores changing industrialization changing things and so that's all really interesting and like downton abbey there are servants that are sort of mildly featured but not maybe as much as on downton abbey mm-hmm. which i don't like as much because i do want to see that upstairs downstairs kind of thing but I think we'll see more of that. And Peggy is an interesting, like, go-between because she, as a secretary, kind of inhabits both environments. She's, you know, eating with the servants, but she, like, she hangs out with Marion as a peer. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like, it's really, I don't know. I think it's got a nice big cast and it's got a lot of places it can go. I do wish it was on Sundays or at least available on Sundays because I always used to watch Downton Abbey on Sundays. And this, <laughs> I guess I could just save it up for yeah, was, a few days. And... <laughs> <laughs> but if I know it's there, though, I want to watch it. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. It's very cozy winter viewing for sure. Yes. It's very lovely to look at as well. Mm-hmm. The costumes, the sets, they're all very nice. Yes. When you mentioned Peggy kind of going between, I yeah, I almost want her to be the main character, or at least the viewpoint character, but I don't think she's quite in it as much as I would like her to be. Mm-hmm. And I do want to mention that uh, George and Bertha seem to have a, a pretty nice relationship, and as much as I don't really care for George right now, he he's kind of great because he does not brook insults to his wife. <laughs> and I think that's just kind of sweet. He's just like, you insulted my wife? No, no, no. And like throws money at people. Yeah, he does. But he's also up to some no good with one of the servants. So yes, I'm yeah, I'm not saying that I like him as a person, but I like yeah, that yeah. aspect of his character. Yes. And that is nice to see, to see that at least uh, faith that he has in her and support that he shows her. But yeah, he's not a good guy. I know. Yeah, they're so, 
what's funny is their kids are so sweet. Gladys and Larry are really friendly and kind and don't have any prejudices and and they're friendly with the Van Rines and and yeah, but then Bertha and George are just like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they raise these kids that are so nice. But yeah, it's really fun if you like soapy dramas with a little lightness about them. I definitely recommend this. And also for being an HBO show, it's very PBSy. It's very I wouldn't say family friendly at all, but it it's not as HBOE as some HBO shows are. Yes, which I kind of appreciate. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, definitely recommend and maybe when the season's over we'll, we might do a a review of it maybe. Yes, I would like to, for sure. But you've been watching, well, you just, you did watch, not been watching, you didn't watch it multiple times, I don't think, <laughs> did you? No, no I did not. <laughs> a Netflix movie, which I've been wanting to see, but I just haven't had the time. So tell us about that. Yeah, I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. It's directed by Lynn manuel Miranda, and it's based on a musical, and which was first a one-man show, I think, by Jonathan Larson, and it's about Jonathan Larson and his life. He was a musical theater writer. He is most famous for Rent, and he passed away, I think, the day before Rent opened up. <laughs> it takes place about over a week, right before his 30th birthday, and he's working on a musical called Superbia, which is kind of futuristic, and it's got a lot of interesting concepts to it, although we don't actually see all that much of it but he's just always working on it and he's putting on a presentation that friday and his agent is supposed to invite all these producers broadway producers and creative people who will come see it and hopefully sponsor the show or sponsor is not the right word (laughs) but (laughs) hopefully put the show on broadway you know yeah so he's like really focused on this and there are some other things going on in his life his girlfriend susan is played by alexandra ship and she all his friends are artists and stuff and she gets a job interview and offer from out in the berkshires so she is constantly trying to like talk to him about like hey do you think i should take this do you want to come with me and all that stuff and he's very much putting off that conversation because of this show on on Friday. And his friend Michael is in advertising, I think. And there's tension there because John kind of thinks he's sold out because he's got he's moving and got a nice apartment and has a nice car and has a regular salary and all that stuff. So there's tension there um, between just their lifestyles and their values and stuff and there's there's this big confrontation between them on the street one in one scene like i i'm making it seem like michael's a bad person but he's not they're just kind of choosing different paths um and i think you can see both of their perspectives and stuff and then at at the same time it's it's still during the aids crisis so some of his friends are like in and out of the hospital and he talks about his friends funerals and stuff like that so he's got all this stuff going on and it's very 
anxiety inducing. Oh. <laughs> well, no, just because he's like, he's got this deadline for Friday and he's got to write this song and it's like Thursday night and he hasn't written the song and he hasn't talked to his oh. girlfriend and he hasn't talked to his friend and it's just like, oh, oh. my God, what are you doing to yourself? Well, so, <laughs> that's kind of the whole point because it's tick, tick, boom. And he starts at the beginning of the movie talking about how he, he just kind of hears this ticking clock and he feels like time is running out for some reason. Oh. So it all plays into this idea of like, how are you using your time here on earth? And like, he chooses to make art and he's struggling with that and he's failing at it sometimes. And, you know, it's, it's a hard life so from that perspective i was also like oh my gosh as a writer watching a writer fail i'm just like (laughs) this is not fun oh but i think it's no i'm underselling it because it is very enjoyable andrew oh i haven't even told you about the cast andrew garfield is jonathan larson Mm -hmm. he's very good he's very energetic and charismatic Mm-hmm. And I thought he was very good. Robin de Jesus plays Michael. Vanessa Hudgens plays Caressa. Judith Light pops oh. up as his manager, Rosa, oh. who sometimes he has a hard time getting a hold of her sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bradley Whitford oh. pops up as Stephen Sondheim, which is kind of oh, fun. That's fun. Yeah. So the music is really good. I thought all of the cast is very good. I lost my notes when I restarted my computer. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of the standout songs for me were Come to Your Senses, which is the song that he... So for, for the first half of the film, kind of, the guy he's working with on producing this presentation um, is like, you need an act two song for this one character. And he just like puts it off, puts it off. (laughs) And then... Come to Your Senses is the song he ends up writing, and mm-hmm. it's sung sort of in, it's it's not really a duet, but like, Vanessa Hudgens is singing it at the presentation, but then Alexandra Ship is singing it sort of in Jonathan's mind. Oh. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition there. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It's a very nice, very nice song. Uh, Johnny Can't Decide. Is a good song because I was like, ooh, I relate to that. What am I going to do with my life? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end song, Louder Than Words, I thought was really good. So yeah, a lot of the, the music is really good. It's written by Jonathan Larson. But what I took away from it, and one of the things that I, that both I liked and it hit me very hard was... I won't tell you what happens with the presentation, but at one point Rosa tells Jonathan that failure is kind of part and parcel of a writer's life. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is to be a writer. Mm-hmm. She says you just keep throwing them against the wall and hoping against hope that eventually something sticks. And when you finish a project, you just move on to the next one. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think is very familiar to us yes. <laughs> as writers. <laughs> And it's, I think it's good advice. I think that mm-hmm. perseverance and forward momentum. Yes. That not having those qualities is like, that's going to make you a miserable person. So you mm-hmm. just need to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. 
even when you're tired and sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to keep going, but you just have to. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it was really interesting and I thought it was a nice meditation on like creativity and why we decide to create and how we use our time in the world. So yeah, I definitely think that you would find it interesting. Cool. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, I don't think I would watch it like every night for <laughs> a week. Like I haven't been watching it. I just watched it uh, once. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How was, let me ask one, other, one mm-hmm. final question. How was Andrew Garfield as a singer? Was he good? He was pretty good. Yeah. I don't think he's like amazing, but I thought, huh. I thought he was very nice. Yeah. Good. I do like him. I think he yeah. is the underrated Spider-Man. And Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I was surprised at how nice his voice was. Well, that's good. Yeah. I've seen little clips of this, but I haven't obviously seen the whole thing, so I think I will check it out sometime. Yeah, let me know what you think. Will do. Cool. cool. But you have been watching something very different than this. Yes. So tell us about that. There's no seamless transition here. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... I started getting up early every day for work stuff and also because I was sleeping too long. So I decided I just need to get up at 6 a.m. every day, which I've been doing for several weeks now and it's going great. But in the interest of that, I did not want to be watching live network news or local news, even though I used to do that because it would just start my day in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. But I kind of missed the routine of it. So I decided to start watching The Morning Show, which is an Apple Plus drama about the production of a network morning (laughs) news show. Nice. Nice workaround there. Yes. So this is now my morning routine. And I'm going to be out of luck here in a minute because I just started season two and there's only so many episodes of that and season three is not out yet. So So this is really, really good. And I had heard really mixed things about it early on, so I'd resisted it, but I decided to go ahead and, and push through and try it out. And I was very, very glad I did. Okay. So this stars, uh, so yeah, it's about a morning news show on a fictional network called UBA. And so it's kind of, I feel like it's sort of like CBS in some ways, Okay. but I can't say that that's what they're really basing it on. But it stars Jennifer Aniston as Alex Levy, who is one of the co-hosts of this morning show. And she's been on there for 15 years. She's a consummate like journalist. She's very likable. And one morning, everything goes sideways when news breaks that her longtime co-host, Mitch Kessler, played by Steve Carell, is being fired because he has all these sudden like sexual harassment and sexual assault allegations levied against him. Oh. So he's been me too'd all of a sudden and she is completely blindsided like the first thing in to work that morning. And I think that there's some phone calls and stuff, but it's like all of a sudden her day, we see like the routine of her getting up at 3.30 in the morning in order to get to the studio for this 7 a.m. broadcast. And it looks exhausting. Jeez, yeah. And it's like still dark out and she's like, you know, being driven through Manhattan and getting to the network. And then it's like, oh, today is not a normal day and everything's just destroyed. And she is way messed up by this. And you also see 
Mitch reacting to his firing and he goes absolutely ballistic. Oh, geez. And he's got like his lawyers and his agent there and his manager and he's watching the show that morning and is losing his mind. He like breaks his television. Um, and then his wife like just kind of saunters into the dining room and is like, um, I'm not happy. I want a divorce <laughs> like while this is going on. And meanwhile, we see this field reporter for like, I don't know if it's a network or it's like just a station in West Virginia, Bradley Jackson, played by Reese Witherspoon. And she's doing, she's getting ready to do a remote shoot about a strike at a coal mining plant. And she ends up, uh, one of the protesters at this plant almost hits her cameraman. And she's not on on her live shot yet. And she gets really upset that this guy is put in danger and this protester is getting handsy. And she kind of like goes off on him and, and gives this rant about, you know, everything's hard and you need to pick your battles and nobody's happy. And this is, you know, nonpartisan. And she just kind of rants for a while. And apparently someone was filming her with their phone and it gets, it goes viral on Twitter. So in the middle of all of this controversy with Mitch, Alex is asked to interview Bradley on the morning show. And she does, but they have some tension and it's awkward and weird. And then this new head of the news division, Corey Ellison, played by Billy Crudup, starts to think that Alex, as part of this shakeup with the Me Too situation, that they need to kind of clear the decks and fire Alex and just like start over. Mm-hmm. Alex finds this out and she is stalled in some renegotiation of her contract. So in the midst of getting an award, she announces publicly that her new co-host is going to be Bradley Jackson. Oh my gosh. And so Bradley <laughs> is just suddenly thrust from local news into the anchor co-anchor chair on this national show. Oh, and so the series is kind of like about that. And they're very different. And also navigating the fallout from the Me Too situation. And it affects the entire cast and crew of this show. And it follows them along. I just kind of want to mention some of the really amazing actors on here, aside from the ones I mentioned. Mark Duplass plays uh, Chip Black, who's the executive producer of The Morning Show. Gugu Mbatha-Raw plays Hannah Schoenfeld, who's a talent booker. She has a very interesting storyline that gets very dramatic toward the end of this first season. Hmm. Nestor Carbonell plays Yanko Flores, who's the meteorologist on the show, and I love him. He's just, (laughs) I just always like to see him and stuff. Karen Pittman plays Mia Jordan, who's one of the producers. And Jack Davenport plays Jason Craig, who's Alex's ex-husband. And everybody's just really, really good. There's a lot of other random character actors that are, have been in everything in the world who are m- more minor characters throughout, but it's just very well done. It's very beautifully shot. It's It's got moments of comedy and kind of dark comedy and extreme drama. It's very, very current events, and they do feature real life news stories. Okay. And kind of seeing how the toll that some of this takes on the anchors and reporters at one point, Alex and Bradley go to cover the fires in LA that happened in like 20, I want to say 2018 or so. And it's really stressful. And you just kind of see how like being constantly exposed to bad news 
can take a toll on journalists. Mm-hmm, for sure. So, and also it just makes me glad that I don't have to get up at 3.30 in the morning every day to get to work that early. So That would be terrible. That's when I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've ever routinely gone to bed that late but yeah I'm i don't not. go to bed quite that late but it's yeah. it's close oh <laughs> well there's a there's a scene where alex is like she's got coffee and it's that early and she's on her treadmill and it's only going like really slow and she's like slumped over it and it's like oh my gosh that would be and it's just pitch black outside and she's oh, supposed geez. to be trying to get ready it's just awful yeah but they do remark multiple times about like when you sign on for this job in particular you you lose normal life because of the schedule yeah. and that that's not a minor part of it. And there, you know, there's, there's little references made to if they have to do things in the evening news, it's like, you need to go start taking your nap now and having dinner like really early. I mean, and that's dumb, I know, but like, it's just, it's a totally different world in so many ways. Yeah. And even though these people are paid really, really well, and that puts them in the 1%, they're still kind of mired in the reality of like pain and suffering of common people. Mm -hmm. So that is another unique feature. But there's a lot about the Me Too movement and and consent and and Mitch is a really complicated, weird character and it's it's really that journey is kind of upsetting. But I think it's it's represented interestingly and sensitively. Okay. And yeah, I don't know. I just really, really enjoy it. Good. That sounds, yeah, that sounds interesting. I don't know if it's quite my thing. Yeah, I don't know. Some of the soapy parts I think you might find entertaining. Um, But yeah, it's, I mean, it's got like two strong female characters at its heart, which I think that part you would like. So yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm sorry that you're going to run out of season two very quickly. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what to do with my, with my mornings. (laughs) I'm sorry. So cool. Speaking of current events and things, mm-hmm. we wanted to let our listeners know that we are going to no longer push our episodes to Spotify. Yes. We're we're going to let this episode be published until February 23rd and we invite you to migrate over to a different podcast distribution with us. We're going to stay on all the other platforms that we already published to. Mhm. And you can certainly find us on Podbean. We just feel that it's it's important, even though our show is not about current events, to be mindful and not support the dissemination of inaccurate information about science and health. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, with that in mind, next week we'll have a special all-crime show episode <laughs> with the Netflix documentary, The Tinder Swindler the PBS drama Broadchurch, and the improvised comedy mystery Murderville. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. You can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. And email us at PositivelyPopCulture at gmail.com. You can also find the show's website at PositivelyPopCulture.com. And from there, you can find the link to the merch store. And please rate us and review us. Thank you for listening, stay healthy and safe, and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.